I think it's going to be fun. You think so? I have a good feeling about this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I bet you say that to all the guests. <laughs> Actually, I she don't. Doesn't. I don't. <laughs> Sylvie's a classic curmudgeon. She's just incredibly curmudgeon like. Um, okay, here we go. Ready? No. Well, guess what? We're already recording. Uh, <laughs> hello, and welcome to Talking Too Loud with Chris Savage. I am your host, Chris Savage. I am joined by Sylvie Lubau, as always, our podcast producer extraordinaire and co-host with me on this very said show you're currently <laughs> listening to. Sylvie, we're doing it again. Doing it again. <laughs> Never gets old, though, does it? It doesn't. No, it's, you know, interesting conversations, interesting people, Lots of events of things to do, live events, in-person events, recorded things, using new products, using old products, trying different things. It's a, it's a lot. It's a lot Whoa. to keep things interesting. Chill, Bubba Gump. Whoa. You think I'm going too far? Too fast? <laughs> I don't think so. We have a great episode today. We're going to be talking about Wistia Live. And we have Delphine Mayos, who is our product manager here at Wistia, and she worked on the live product. And Jean Merlane, who is the product marketing manager here at Wistia, who worked on the launch of Wistia Live. And we're going to go behind the scenes a little bit on how we built the product, how we iterated on the product, how we got ready to launch, and like a lot of the stuff that we've learned along the way that hopefully is helpful to you if you're thinking about building and marketing products today. It was a great deep dive. The deepest. The deepest. Deep end of the pool. We're in it. <laughs> we're swimming. <laughs> we're swimming. What's got you talking too loud over there? Oh, you know, I mean, there's a lot of different things going on. You know, the other day I was just thinking about like, should I shave my head? I'm, you know, I'm trying to decide. Mm. Uh, the buzz, the buzz. The bu should I do the deep buzz? You know, I've been trying to decide. But tell, tell listeners why. Why? Well, I'm concerned. You know, my hair is very spiky. <laughs> like when my kids actually I have an image here that my daughter Olympia made. Can you see this? Oh, is that your hair? I mean, that's me and her. <laughs> Holy moly. Right. And I love I love your troll hair. Yeah. So my kids and most people, my hair is part of what I think uh, is a character. If you're doing a caricature of me, it's good to get the hair in. Yeah. And I was like, you know, what if I never cut my hair short? I'm like, what if I am like really losing my hair? I got to know. <laughs> I got to know what I would look like if I was bald. And I've said this to a few different people and they're like, you're crazy. Why would you do that? Why would you cut your hair? Why would you shave your head? I'm like, I just want to know, like, I've never known. And it's kind of like, maybe I could confront this fear I have of mm -hmm. like, what would I be? It's a, maybe I would love it. I just don't know. So I'm, I'm really toying with the idea. You're beta testing a buzz. That's I'm, beta, what you're doing. I'm beta testing. I'm toying with beta testing a buzz. Yeah. That's what we're, <laughs> that's what we're talking about here. <laughs> and I've told a few people who have like <laughs> seen me. I in love the day that you're like me. <laughs> Making yourself crack. Well, it's just so ridiculous. Like I told my friend and he's like, saw him like three days later. He's like, oh, you still have it. I'm like, what? He's like the hair. And I'm mm. you know, so you're not doing a good job of managing customer expectations. I'm not. But so people who are um, are here today, Gene and Fiend here to talk about how do you make a great launch of something? How do you build something new? And how do you get people excited while also managing expectations. Because of course, it's the beginning. You're not gonna solve every problem that they have. And if you market too hard, you sell too hard, you're gonna, you're gonna under deliver. So how do you get that balance? What goes into it? And that's what the interview is about today. So I think it's about time to end this long transition and get into the conversation. <laughs> yes, let's go.
Gene and Delphine, thank you so much for being here. What a delight to go from normally just having meetings with you to being on a show together. I know. Thank you so much for having us. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having us. Longtime listener, first time guest. Oh, oh, thank you. Love yes, it. I like that. Love I like to that. hear it. <laughs> um, so obviously, Talking Too Loud is a show about what happens when we get really excited. And me in particular, I can't control the volume of my voice. You know this. That's why I'm, if I'm fiddling with my gain over here, that's why I'm doing that. I just did it once. So it will happen again. But we love to start the show by hearing about what has you talking too loud these days. So maybe Delphine, we can start with you. What's got you talking too loud? Yeah. Okay. I have two things. One of them is kind of a story. So we love a story. I'll start with that one. I'll start with Go the story. Uh, okay. So, you know, when I heard that Gene and I were going to be on Talking Too Loud, I was like, okay, immediately, first thing, I need a good answer for what has me talking too loud, of course. <laughs> and instantly, every thought I've ever had left my brain completely. <laughs> so I did what I do for everything and I started yeah. making a list. I recruited my fiance to help me. Yeah, I was like, help me think of everything that I've ever been excited about. We started writing everything down, like no bad ideas. <laughs> Green light thinking, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> we were frantically thinking of things. But as I was thinking of things and like writing them down, I started re-remembering all of these things that I was super excited about. And like mm. all the little things that had happened over the past few months, hobbies that I love, <laughs> like random interactions that I thought were funny. And now I just have this list that has like a bunch of things that have had me talking too loud over the past I few months. I love that. And that I think it's like great. Very meta. It's your roadmap of what to do, basically. Just go yeah, do those exactly. things again. Yeah. <laughs> no, exactly. When I don't know what to do, now I have a list of all the things that I love. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. We're so like, we're magical. Influential, truly. We're influential. <laughs> I feel it. Today, I feel it. <laughs> But okay, I do have like a solid thing, which is one of the things on the list. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. It is a hobby that I semi-recently picked up, which is sewing. Uh, mm -hmm. So my mom got me a sewing machine for my birthday last year, and I have been loving it. Um, I think one of my favorite things is that there are so many different phases of like a sewing project. So depending on what my mood is, there's always something to do. So mm -hmm. if I just want to watch TV, but I don't want to feel like I'm just watching TV. I can like trace out the fabric and cut it out while watching TV, of course. If I'm feeling like creative, I can sketch out a new idea. If I want to do something that takes a little bit more focus, then I can like make my own patterns or do the actual sewing. And I've just been having such a great time. And actually the main reason that I wanted to start sewing is because it can be such a struggle to find clothes that just like fit the way you want off the rack and now I can fix them or I can make it myself and it's so satisfying. Wow. What a skill. That's awesome. What a skill to have. It's very I think it's very old school to be like I'm going to make my own clothes and I'm going to just like tailor my own stuff but that's amazing. It's been so fun. That's great. Yeah. Love it. What about Eugene? What's got you talking too loud these days? Um, not sewing, although <laughs> I, I feel like that's definitely a skill that might be something you need for sure for the rest of your life. Um, for me, what's gotten me talking too loud is I'm a big basketball fan. Ooh. The new season has just started. The new NBA season has just started. So I've been really following my home team, which is the Boston Celtics. They've been doing pretty good. But the one team that's really been on my mind for the last couple of weeks is the LA Lakers. The LA Lakers have not been doing good at all. Uh -oh. and it's, 
as a Celtics fan, I should not feel disconnected to a team in Los Angeles, given the <laughs> historical rivalry yeah, between yeah. Boston yeah. Celtics and Los Angeles Lakers. But the team is on to an awful start, 0-4. <laughs> They've not won a game at home or away, and they have arguably one of the best basketball players on that team, and they just can't seem to find a win. And it's been really hard to watch as a basketball <laughs> fan. At, mm. As a Celtics fan, it's great. Not a problem at all. We have more championships, more <laughs> banners. But as a basketball <laughs> fan, it's been really hard to watch. And I just, you know, I, I want to love uh, watching the LA Lakers play again with LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook, all the good players that they have on their roster. But they just can't seem to find their way. So so that's really got me talking too loud. So it's hurting you. It's, it's hurting it's, you to see this. It's hurting you to see a team that should be performing not. On paper, they're great. But on TV, mm. you just want to go watch something else. Like, you have to decide, do I want to watch the LA Lakers or put on Love is Blind on Netflix? So it's, it's hard to make <laughs> that decision. One for me, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's, it's been a hard decision over the last couple of weeks, and I just hope they find their way really soon. Otherwise, LA Lakers is going to be LA not so great. Fakers? LA Fakers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, LA, LA Fakers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's hard to watch a team that should be good not succeed. Um, exactly. So I, I hear you on that. Um, well, look, talking about a team that has been succeeding, you, <laughs> bo- you both are here. Great segue. Thank you. We just had a massive <laughs> launch last week, and we launched Wistia Live. Um, I'd love if you could both just kind of, you know, feel free to jump in however you want, but tell a little bit of the story behind, like, what is Wistia Live? Why are we doing it? How do we get here? Why is this happening? Great question. I can sort of take this yeah, one. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a great question for sure. So Wistia Live is a webinar tool within the Wistia platform that makes it easy for marketers to go in, create webinars. Uh, we essentially have built this product to help reduce the friction that it takes with going live and engaging with your audience in a meaningful way. You create the event, create the, uh, the webinar, if you will, and then once that is done, you host it into Wistia, having it all in one place. And then from there, you can use our editing tool to make it your own. You can reduce uh, a lot of the ums and ahs that usually would happen during the webinar, trim the beginning and the end, and even create different clips that can then use on social media, or you can use more meaningful segments within the webinar to share on your blog, etc. and then be able to share that entire recording with your audience. And what's really exciting about it is the fact that you can measure the impact all in one place. Uh, so no longer will you have to actually record the webinar on one platform, edit it on a different platform, we upload it onto Wistia, and then trying to measure the impact on a lot of t- in a lot of different ways, we make it easy and possible for you to do all of that in one place in Wistia. Yeah, I mean, what Jean was saying, I think the like magic of Wistia Live is that it's it's more than just Wistia Live. It is part of this like cycle where you, you know, maybe starting from what most people would consider to be the end, you're looking at the analytics for your live event and the on-demand version of your webinar that you shared, and that can inform you, you know, what your audience really loved, maybe what, you know, didn't land so well. Use that to inform what you're going to create next, and then create and host your webinar with Wistia Live, host it, edit it, 
customize it, share again, look at the analytics. So it's really part of this like cycle that helps marketers create better content because you have all the tools you need before, during, and after the webinar and create more content because it all happens in one place. So you're saving valuable time. And Delphine, can you tell us a little bit about, so you're the product manager on this and, you know, tell us about the process. Like what, how did we, how did we get to this? Did we just like launch it? Is this the first time that any customer has used Wistia Live? And like, how do, how do you think about the process that got us to here? Yeah. So um, from the product side, we have had a few different phases of the, um, the rollout process, if you will. Um, So we started, well, I guess starting from like the very beginning, the investment in Wistia Live, it was both customer driven and also something that fits well with what we're trying to do at Wistia. So we've definitely had customers asking for this for a while and, you know, customers who are specifically saying they would love a webinar tool within Wistia. Um, But it also fits in really well with what we're trying to do at Wistia, which is help businesses thrive with video. And the first step to that is actually creating the video, um, which there's a big barrier to entry there. And I think webinars are a really interesting way to create video because you can do it from home with your webcam. You can have your team or a guest join you easily from their home. You get the engagement from your audience in real time. And then you can reuse that content afterwards, which is what we were talking about before. The downside is that it is real time, so it can be a little stressful to host a webinar. Um, But like Jean was saying, we think that we have a really unique opportunity to help make that less stressful. Um, So going back to the rollout, we started with an internal rollout. So we released it to all, you know, internal teams, all Wistians, um, and really encouraged people to use it however they could for whatever use case they could think of to, of course, get feedback early on, but then also to get people familiar with what we were building, you know, bring them along the journey. This was a really big, exciting thing for us to be working on, and we wanted to bring people in as early as possible. Um, The first time that customers used this was during our private beta. So we got in touch with a handful of customers, to see if they would be interested in getting early access, you know, testing the product early on and giving us feedback um, throughout their um, process. We stayed in touch with them throughout that period of time and continued to make improvements to the product. And then we had our big launch from the product side. That was actually pretty straightforward. Uh, By that point, we felt really good about the product because we had feedback from the initial internal rollout, from our private beta, and it was really just about getting our customers access to it, um, which actually happened a couple, you know, a little bit earlier than our brand event and the rest of the marketing efforts, which is a whole other part of the process <laughs> that Jean was very involved in. Yeah. I was going to ask you, Jean, from like an engagement and marketing perspective, what do you think live content offers that like other content doesn't? Like, why should we care about going live? Yeah, no, absolutely. That's a really good question. I think it's a question that a lot of marketers might be wrestling with right now, whether it be to go live to host a webinar or to use live on other social platforms, right? Because a lot of other platforms now have the capabilities for users to go live. What going live does for you as a marketer is that it allows for you to get that real-time engagement from your audience and then answer their questions or engage with their feedback in, in real time. So whether you're trying to go live to simply 
have a conversation with, with, with your audience. Um, that can be you just presenting a new feature that had just come out or you presenting some sort of um, educational piece of information. It allows for you to get that real-time question from your audience. Someone might be asking you a question about the presentation, and instead of waiting a couple of days or a couple of hours to answer the question, you can easily answer it right then and there. But also it allows for you to bring in other people into the conversation. Um, in a webinar format, you can go live with multiple people. So I think it's really nice uh, to be able to go live, especially now that most folks are at home or working from home or in a hybrid capacity. Oftentimes they do have some bandwidth to be able to join in different live conversations. Um, so it expands the, your world a little bit more. And the, the lift oftentimes is a lot less than actually going in and creating a full-on video, mm. right? Because as long as you have a phone in your hand or you have a webcam, you can easily uh, open it, turn it on, and then go live to your audience. Love yeah, that. it's an interesting thing because like looking at a lot of the data of the videos that get uploaded to Wistia, a lot of them are webinars or live events. Mm -hmm. When you talk to folks, they're like, well, this seems like the best way for me to make stuff that also, you know, if you have 50 people or 100 people come to a live event, that's actually a lot of attention in one moment where a lot of other marketing activities, I feel like you get 100 views on something, it's easy to think that that wasn't successful even though right. it might be really valuable. But in the moment of like, oh, I know I have someone's live attention, it changes the math on that. And so, um, I mean, I've been super impressed. And it's been awesome to see the process because it's like, not only did we start in beta and we started using it ourselves internally and doing all our all company meetings in it. And like, you know, every time we would do that, there'd be this thread in the Slack room for live and there would be like, hundreds and hundreds of comments coming in. Mm -hmm. yeah. And when the culture is very much like we use our stuff and we change it and we improve it and we have confidence that like, even if there are issues, like we'll work through them, it sets a really great example. And so it's been really awesome to see because it's a huge change for us. It's a totally new way of making stuff. But like, there's all these things that came out of that that directly went into the interface and directly went into the product that now customers benefit from. And even, I mentioned this on a podcast yesterday, but like, Four business days after launch, the team was like, oh, we're going to make it so you can also just have live events embedded mm -hmm. <laughs> on your site. And so that was like a requested feature before we couldn't fit into the launch. Now, if you want to take the live feed and embed inside a player, Wistia player on your site, you can do that. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of, it's been so cool to see the pace and the speed. And it's also like the thing we wanted too. So it's just, yeah, it's very much like uh, one of those examples I think of like, we actually have the problem. And so we understand it and we can be the customer. And it's been cool to watch you two work through this and the, all the teams like work through this and figure out like how we actually like quickly use it, give the feedback, change the product, tell the customers. And it's like the right type of cycle to be a part of. Yeah, absolutely. And the one thing I was going to add is we have a saying at Wistia. I don't know if it's official, but it's definitely something with amongst uh, <laughs> different marketers at Wistia is the fact that we want to feel the pain of what a lot of our customers are feeling, which is why uh, very early on, during the build process of live, our team was really bought into the idea of us creating this feature and bringing it to market to really allow for marketers to create new content. So the feedback when we opened it up to folks internally was from marketers who not only want us to be great as a brand, but they want to make sure that the product that we're building for other marketers is something that they'd want to use and find value in. Um, and it's helped us shape the product from the moment we rolled it out internally to what we have right now out in the market. And that we're continuously building 
and reiterating on to make sure that by the time, you know, we get to a place that marketers can feel like this is the platform that makes sense for me from beginning to end, we as a collective can feel really proud, uh, even more proud than we are now of the product that we work so hard on to bring to market. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's so much collaboration that you're talking about between um, marketing and product in this moment. I think if you were trying to give advice to somebody else um, on they're launching a new product and maybe it's something really big, right? Like something very different than what they're doing. Based on the experience that we've just had, what advice would you give them say like, these are definitely the things that you should do when you're thinking about building it or you're thinking about how close to like interact with marketing or not like and what things you tell them not to do and let's start with delphine like what advice would you give someone based on what we just went through yeah i would definitely say um having product and product marketing very close from the beginning especially if like you said it's something new and big i mean for anything but especially for something new and big being on the same page from the beginning um so that you are you know sort of learning together and evolving the product and the marketing positioning together and you can kind of learn from each other is probably the best advice I can give. I mean, Gene and I, you know, when we released to our initial pool of beta testers, we were getting on all those calls together so that we were getting the feedback together. We were hearing the same things and we could sort of work together to make sure that the product we were building fit the messaging that we wanted to put forward and vice versa. So it just like evolved together instead of trying to work in silos and then come together at the end and try and fit something together that wouldn't actually fit. Um, I think it just makes a much bigger impact that way. It's like having a buddy system. Exactly. <laughs> Who doesn't love a buddy? I love a buddy. I love a buddy. Yeah, the, the, the one thing I'll add to that, because uh, I, I think it's definitely right, uh, depending on the company and where you work, oftentimes product and product marketing do work in silo. And when they come together, it's pretty much for a big launch. There's some pros and cons to that. For me, I think I've always felt more comfortable working with product from the very beginning. One, it allows for me to understand the product that we're building, uh, the, the problems that we're trying to solve for, because I think understanding what that is even before drafting messaging and positioning, it helps with actually crafting the positioning and the messaging for your audience. And I think at the same time, knowing what the product is that we're building and the solution that we hope we can bring to market, it's put us in a position where we have an opportunity to meet with our customers in the very early on to really test out that positioning and the messaging, see how they're responding to it, uh, and see if there's something that's not really sticking with them and we go back and make those changes before we do a full-on marketing rollout. But I definitely think that as a product marketer, it is very essential to really work collaboratively with the product manager on the product you're launching and get a feel for what the product is that they're building and try to be involved in that process as much as you can, whether it be joining the live feedback meetings that they're having so you can have a say on how you think a customer would react with seeing a button placed in the position or seeing a particular layout uh, that you know a customer might not respond too well to, you can actually provide the feedback and be the voice of the customer in that room as a marketer, considering that we're building a product that we hope marketers would want to use. So the earlier you're in those conversations, um, the easier it is to work with the product manager and, it, and the more comfortable you become with crafting the positioning and messaging for that particular feature. I think it's, it's also worth saying that 
I talked briefly about this, but like we were using Wistia Live for our all hands meetings. We used to use Zoom. We're like, all right, we're going to use Wistia Live. And there's producer mode in Wistia Live so someone could pick like what the layouts are that people see and who's on camera and who's not and who can organize this. And both of you played the producer role like in different all hands meetings a number mm-hmm. of times in a lot of different meetings. Mm-hmm. Which I think is interesting because it's like a simple, there's like a confidence thing that I certainly noticed of like, all right, we're going to start doing this before it's polished, knowing that there's issues. We're going to understand the customer problem. And then you're both in there actually doing it and living and breathing like the stress and the reward of when it goes well. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it was like one of those things that for me, like as this was coming out the door, there was no question about messaging. There was no big concern about like, does marketing understand what we've actually built or what have you. And we have had times in the past where something was built and then marketing, this is many years ago, I'm talking like five, six years ago, we build a thing and then we'd hand it to marketing right as it's done, ready to go. And they would have like, you know, a few days to like come up with like, <laughs> how will we actually market this thing? And I think what it felt like is often like sometimes ideally we were furthering the same story, but sometimes we weren't. Sometimes we were trying to tackle like different things. It actually was like a really confusing message to the market. And so one of the things I've noticed here that was really different, and I think like I would tell anybody at any company doing this is like the faster you're putting it into the hands of the people who are managing what's being built, but also the people who are managing what's being marketed, the easier it is to get the feedback and also the alignment, which ultimately made it like quite smooth. And so, you know, even we picked the launch date a while ago and we hit the launch date like exactly, <laughs> right? And we had all these plans of like, all right, there's things that we're not going to guarantee go in the launch. But if we're done earlier, we're going to we're gonna add those things mm-hmm. in and there's fast follows. And we ended up doing a lot of that stuff and the fast follows. And so it's just been, I think it's like a, been a great example of how to actually do this. Yeah, definitely driving the internal use as early as possible and as much as possible has been so helpful. Um, I'd also say like being proactive about driving internal usage and getting feedback is, you know, even more important because we had released it early on to all our internal teams. Um, But, you know, Wistia Live was not the only thing we were doing at Wistia. We did a lot of exciting things and people are busy. So you can put it out there and leave it there and not get that, you know, really valuable feedback, get that usage that's going to help you make those iterations and fast follows and respond to that feedback before your customer gets it. So you know, do some digging, maybe see where your feature or product can replace something in your internal workflows. For us, it was our all hands meetings. Um, Reach out to the teams with like a proposal on how to use it and just like be proactive, get it in there because that's really how you're going to get that feedback. Mm -hmm. Let's let's dig into on, you know, you want to build hype with a launch, but you also need to manage customer expectations, right? Like if you sell and market too many things that don't deliver on the promise, you're going to fail. And also if you under market and you don't tell people about stuff, no one's going to try that stuff. How, how do you think people should think about like building hype and managing customer expectations in a moment like this? Uh, yes. I think as marketers, you always want to build the hype for your product, no matter the size of the launch, whether it's a big product or a small product, you want your customers to feel the excitement that you have for bringing this new product to market. So for us, as it relates to live, we knew customers were going to be excited for this product because they had been asking for it. Uh, And we had been 
telling users that it was coming with no definitive date in mind, but we had promised that we were working on something that might come to market really soon. Um, but at the same time, we know what's out there in the market and what customers might want to expect to see in a product like ours, because there's a ton of different webinar platforms that exist out there. So early on before we launched, uh, we had been getting feedback from beta participants and we had been getting uh, feedback on what they were seeing uh, the product was missing and what they'd like to see added in the future. And we were getting that feedback as a way to help inform the full go-to-market launch that we had planned for mid-October. Part of that allowed for us to meet as a team with Delphine as well as the rest of the live team to really discuss with the product where it's at right now, what can we feel comfortable bringing to market on day one? But at the same time, how can we create a wish list of things that we'd like to see added very quickly after launch? Savage mentioned early on that we had immediately added uh, the ability for users to embed uh, live on their web pages to make it feel uh, more of a branded experience for their audience. Uh, we launched on the 19th, and by October 25th, Basically, for the four businesses after launch, Embed was added and included in the platform for users to use. Uh, those are the different type of fast follow things that we had been thinking and planning for over time. So that way, when uh, we bring it to market, customers can expect for those updates to happen rapidly. And it's going to be meaningful, not just to them and their experience, but also in how their audience engages with them and their live content. Yeah. I'll also add to that in terms of building hype and managing customer expectations. If you can showcase how you are using your own product, I mean, that's kind of gold because you can build hype by doing something, you know, getting really creative with it, doing something fun, um, maybe using it for a bunch of different use cases that really illustrate all the possibilities that there are um, and get different customer segments excited. But it's also a real use case. so there's less of a worry about mismanaging customer expectations. Speaking of using the product, <laughs> let's talk about Webinar Palooza. Let's. Ooh. <laughs> what is Webinar Palooza? What are we doing? Well, Webinar Palooza is a month-long webinar series Ooh. that we're hosting to essentially highlight Wistia Live <laughs> um, through a bunch of different webinars, webinars that varies from um, ed educational content where we're teaching you about Wish you live. Uh, Delphine and I hosted our very first webinar during the series, mm -hmm. um, doing a full demo of Wish you live. But also, the entire series is meant to help educate users on things that are video production related, video marketing related, but also uh, to be more fun and comfortable with doing things like Game Show Fridays. So, that uh, Chris and Brendan have been hosting, but also on schedule to host for the entirety. Mm -hmm. of this mm -hmm. series so yep. family um, feud one, tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> family feud tomorrow um yeah it, it it was our excuse to essentially get the product out there in front of customers but also it's another way of us highlighting different use cases for which live we know customers are not only going to want to use it for the more serious webinars they might want to use it for a game show friday or they might want to use it for a way to educate their audience with workshops and trainings etc we wanted to highlight all of those different use cases via Webinar Palooza uh, in a more fun way than your traditional campaigns that you might have seen around launches of this magnitude. 
Yeah, I think it's also like just in the vein of now it's launched and we are still using it ourselves and there's also more feedback and it's like tightening that loop, like just watching the 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 chat, like the slacks basically light up with like more feedback and ideas and stuff because more people are getting there and more people are being the producer and more people are getting on camera. Um, and it's been fun to see some of the comments of the attendees at Webinar Palooza. I saw one of them was like, so you're seriously doing this every day? Like, <laughs> this is a lot. <laughs> like, good luck to your marketing team. I mean, I, I found it interesting because I've done, we did Talking Too Loud Live. We did the game show Friday last week and have a bunch more of them. And every time you do it, it's also easier to do, you know, mm-hmm. right? Like, uh, I feel like each time you get on, it's like more confidence in terms of like, oh, my setup is right and we look good. We're comfortable with the pauses and all the other stuff, which is also what makes a great live event. Um, but it's a, another example of like, I, you know, I would say if you're listening and you're building a product or thinking about how to get to market, what we're talking a lot about is being your own customer and why that's so important. And the benefits in what we built, but also the benefits in how we market and the benefits in how we understand the pain of our customers, just like so strong. Um, and it's easy to not do this. And so I just like, if you're thinking about it, definitely, definitely consider it. Um, where should customers go if they want to learn more about Wistia Live today? Like where where should should they go to a, the website? Should they sign up? Should they try the product? Who should they talk to? How, how can we help people who do want to check out Wistia Live? They can go to Wistia.com. On the homepage, we have a link that takes you directly to the product page. Or you can go to Wistia.com slash product slash live dash video. <laughs> That's a lot. That's a lot. We've actually simplified it for you even further by saying go to wistyourlife.com and that would redirect you directly to the live product page there so, you go love a redirect yeah love a redirect. I a let, critical redirect <laughs> i had to let gene answer that one because i didn't know all of the url like slash product <laughs> slash video slash i got yeah. worried about webinar palooza because we we're talking about i was like do we even have webinar palooza.com or someone else getting i was like we have it. i'm like okay that's close <laughs> <laughs> yes so we have webinar palooza.com as a way to visit the page and see all of the programming we have for webinar palooza and we have wistyourlive.com. So it simplifies the entire thing for everyone. I love it. Love simplicity. What about if people have questions about the live product? Is there a way for them to submit those? Yes. So support at wistia.com is another way for folks to submit um, any questions they may have around the product that will get routed to our champs and support teams. And it'll come back to us internally at Wistia. You can always reach out to us on social. Um, twitter.com slash wistia same on linkedin same on instagram really anywhere that you can find us on the web uh, feel free to reach out to our team and we'll be more than happy to one take your questions feedback and comments and make sure that it gets rerouted uh, to the teams internally to make sure that we enhance the user experience yeah and they can they can go in and try it right like yes. you can go in and if you're on the plan just you can do a test and play around with it but you can also just do a trial off any plan and, and try the product mm-hmm. and if you are testing it out or doing a trial of a plan that has wistia live there's also a feedback button right there in the app so if you want to leave us comments or feedback we would love to hear it truly give me a button mm-hmm. in life <laughs> give me a button <laughs> A button for everything. Like I have so much feedback all the time. I have a just lot. Just love the feedback. Uh, just like for Wistia Live. Yeah, she has a lot of feedback. A lot That's of feedback. <laughs> like 
I want my bagel store to, you know, make smaller bagels. I wish they had a feedback <laughs> button. That's not true. Is that true? Yes. I like small, dense bagels, but this is neither here nor there. And are you, are you toasting it or not? I'm is toasting. toasted? I'm toasting. Okay. You're always, even a, fr- a fresh <laughs> bagel, you're going to toast? Or it's like, even if it's warm? If it's fresh, I will not toast. Okay. Mm. When you said small bagel, I was thinking like donut holes, but for bagels. Oh, like a bagel bite. A bagel bite. I guess that already exists. Everything exists. <laughs> is that a thing for real? Bagel bites? It must be. There's some like- I think you're thinking of pretzel <laughs> bites. No, they must have a bagel bite. If they don't, guys, <laughs> here's the plan. If they don't have bagel bites, we are going to make bagel bites. <laughs> Holy shit. Keep going. You got it. You can do we're it. We're going to make it. bagel bites, and then we're going to host a live event rolling out our new product. I'm, in, I'm here for it. It all comes back to live. It all comes it back It all comes to back. Live. It all comes I'm back. I'm here for it. <laughs> um, Gene and Delphine, Gene and Fiend, thank you so much for being here. Um, where can people connect with you if they want to learn more? Hmm. You know, <laughs> I was listening to the um, Talking Too Loud episode about the editing launch. And when you asked Courtney that question, she said, I feel like LinkedIn is the place, but it's not my place. Yeah. Uh, and that's how I feel too. So okay, you, can, you can find me on LinkedIn, <laughs> but I'm not fully present on LinkedIn. Fair. Um, so email is probably the best place to go. You can probably guess my my Wistia email is dmahos at wistia.com. Cool. Wow, putting it out there. There you go. <laughs> uh, I'm very much your typical marketer. I am on every channel. <laughs> and I use them. So you can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, you can find my email, which is jmerlane at wistia.com. You can find me on Twitter, which is twitter.com slash mrgene. Um, <laughs> and I will... <laughs> I, I use it, so I will be looking out for your feedback, your there comments, you everything related <laughs> okay. to life. Love it. Um, well, thank you both so much. Thank you for all the work that obviously went into live and it's continue going into it, but also thank you for being here today and sharing a little bit of the behind the scenes. Always. Thanks for having Thanks us. Thanks for having us. I get so amped up in launches. And it made me so delighted that Wistia Live was launched with Wistia Live. Like, I cannot tell you the delight I felt in that moment, which is also scary. I mean, I understand, like, huge audience coming in, watching this thing, pressure testing it. We're not saying that what you're viewing it in is the product until, like, halfway through the launch. And you're really putting it on the line in the sense of, like, if it doesn't work, everyone could see it not work. And if it works, everyone can see it work. And... I should have brought this up in the conversation with them because one of my favorite comments of the live event was, um, and maybe I said this also (laughs) the other day when we were in Wistia Live, was just like people saying like, wait, is this live? (laughs) Like, I I thought this was supposed to be a live event. Why does it look so good? And it was, it just truly delighted me. It's like the highest compliment. It's like the highest compliment you could get because like 60 days ago, before we had everything figured out, we we're doing internal all hands meetings and we we're pushing certain things to the limits and like whatever we we're running into, as you do, problems. So to hear like that at the launch just truly delighted me. And it's been just so great to see people start to use it. Yeah. It's I mean, the the scope and breadth of what you guys have done is so impressive just from like uh, I never know what to call myself. I'm not really a, a, an outsider. 
I'm not really an oh, insider. You're not an outsider. You're I'm an like insider. a cousin. I'm like a cousin. You know, like first, I'm definitely invited to the wedding. Yeah, you know, oh, for like sure. I'm, I'll yeah, definitely you're be at the wedding. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm coming. Yeah. But the webinar Palooza landing page is just like a delight to look at. Yeah. Like I don't even care about the content. I mean, I do care about the content, but, but just I know like, what you mean. No, the branding of it and the, the branding feel of it. And yes, 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 and and the product itself is just it's so accessible. And what I loved about you know Jean and Delphine coming on the show, something that I think about, you know, across industries, is really that team collaboration. Yeah, and the fact that the product team and the marketing team were really in step the whole time. That honestly feels like such an important takeaway that who's ever listening and watching, like, do the buddy system, like, yeah. find your person on the product team, find your person on the marketing team and like do those calls together, like Gene said. We've tried it lots of different ways over the years. And it's funny because this is obviously the simplest thing is just mm -hmm. like, just stay really close to each other. And if you're like a 10 person startup, this you wouldn't do it any other way. Like you just all be sitting around you the have table. To. You have to. Right. But I think like as you get bigger, it takes more intention. And so mm -hmm. a lot of things we're talking about is like- Great there was point. A, there was a lot of intention that they put into it and the companies put into it and they're- teams have put into it to like really glue folks together. Cause like that's happening on live. It's happening on edit. It's happening on the people who own like the organizational part of the product, people on search, all these different things. And um, it's funny when it's working well, it feels effortless and you end up with a thing that's like the reason why this stuff looks good and the brand is there and the messaging is there is like everyone understands the problem. Everyone's been close to it and they're all, they all have the context and then they take it away and they own like their area and I think it's easy to say and hard to do. So I'm just really proud of the team um, and proud of what they've accomplished. And, you know, it just, yeah, it's really, you know, people did not back down from the fight, if you want to put it that way. Like, it's a scary, it's also, I think in particular, a, a tool that people use in real time, collaboratively. There's like an, in, right, there's an inherent. It's inherently risky, right? Like It's live in general. Like live, live, in general, live right? things are scary. I mean, I can think of other products that are like this that are like real time collaboration. It doesn't work. You can't do the job. And so, it, which is different than like, oh, it's uploads are slower and then they were fixed, or encoding was slower and then it was fixed, or, you know, you're changing something, you can't get it on your site fast enough, but all the stuff on your site's working. Like, it's, diff it's a different thing. And uh, I think, like, just like huge credit to them for being like calm and cool and collected through this whole thing. Cucumbers. And, yeah. We got a bunch of cucumbers. Um, and also it's like, you know, the, the webinar Palooza is like us using the product, being around customer, stress testing it. And also you come to this and you see that this thing is consistently working. Like Chris Levine called in from Hawaii with someone in Massachusetts to do a video webinar together, you know, and it worked great and everything looked great. And you would have no idea, like if pre-COVID, I think you wouldn't even have imagined that this is a thing we'd be doing. And it's just working the way it's supposed to. So it's it's just. Is really this your way cool of save. telling me that you are sending me on an all expenses paid trip to Hawaii for our next episode of Talking Too Loud, just so we can retest the live feature? You can um, tell me. Is this my way of telling you that I can uh, handle it? You know, you're breaking up right now. So <laughs> I, I, what was that you just said? Um, yeah, that's my way. Have a great trip. I really hope you really enjoy it, Sylvie. <laughs> because it's easy to offer that to you because it's clear you'll never leave Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. I'm doing mm -hmm. a big move and I'm going one block away. <laughs>
<laughs> Funny. Thank you. You got jokes. Yeah, I got lots of jokes. Okay, well, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Please rate and review us wherever you listen to the podcast. Uh, it really helps spread the word on the show. Um, so if you like the show, help us out. We appreciate it. You can also, if you haven't subscribed via email, you can subscribe via email at wist.com. Make sure you don't miss any episodes and also any of the behind the scenes extra content that we release there. Um, and if you have feedback for us, you have guests you think we should have on, things you want us to do, you can always email us at ttlpod at wist.com or you can hit us up. Um, I'm C Savage on Twitter and on LinkedIn. And Sylvie's giving the loot on Twitter. We'd love your feedback. Getting more DMs these days, which is always nice. Um, and I think, did I miss anything, Sylvie? Is there something else we're supposed to do to close the show? No, other than close it. All right, let's close it. Let's close the book on this one. Talking Too Loud is brought to you by Wistia. Hosted by Chris Savage. Produced by me, Sylvie Lubau, along with Adam Day. Executive produced by Wistia Studios. This episode was mixed by Maria Passingham of Edit Audio. Listen to Talking Too Loud wherever you listen to podcasts. And hey, rate and review us wherever you listen. And check out more content from Wistia Studios at wistia.com.